Hey guys, welcome back to Halcyon Days, the estate sale journey and beyond. How are you guys today? Uh, this is Josh, as always. How are you, Josh? I'm great, George. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I don't know why I asked everybody else how they're doing because they can't answer me. <laughs> but it's all right. Um, so last last podcast, we had our first guest. I think that was pretty awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Linda got some great feedback on it, and, and uh, she was happy to be on, so that's really cool. And, yes, guys, uh, a lot of really good information. That's fantastic. Um, I actually talked about it in our estate sale with some with a couple of clients who were asking about the the or a couple of customers who were asking about the house being you know for sale and stuff like that. And I, I remember talking to them about you know the uh, like being being a seller's market and how quick it's going to go. And you know, like just knowing that from from her conversation, that was pretty cool. Yep. So, Josh, uh, I didn't get to talk about this on the last podcast, but we are at 62 downloads. So that's pretty cool for the uh, the podcast, for the listening part of the podcast. And uh, we are in Washington, two in California. We still got the one from Kansas, two in Texas, one in Ohio, and then Washington, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, before we forget, don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you're listening. Yeah, we probably should have it in like a, a note or something, huh? Yeah, for but, sure. For yeah. sure, for sure. Yeah, and Chuck, you're going to like it anyway, so you might as well do it now. Just go ahead and like yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> so um, today, we've we've had a little bit of a hiatus, I think, right? For for a few We're, months between the state sales. So yeah. we've got, we had but, one this weekend. And it's uh, weird, like we had like zero traffic, right? For like about two months. And then like halfway through January, we started getting inquiries again. Mm. It's nice to see, you know, that we, we have some potential coming up and things like that. And uh, I mean, we already have one locked in for, for the summer. So that's good. That'll be like our first one that's scheduled a couple months out. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It'd be nice to be able to, take our time with it and kind of have opportunities to set up here and there, you know, as we go on. So, but yeah, so this one, uh, we're going to kind of walk you through, uh, as a listener, as a watcher, a viewer, uh, we're going to kind of walk you through basically how we got, how we started it, how we got it, how we set it up, the events of it and how it turned out. So basically it's going to be kind of, this podcast is going to be basically a run through of one entire estate sale, if that makes sense. So to start it all out, there was a Facebook post of somebody asking about estate sales. And we've got a good reputation around here and somebody tagged us in it. And uh, I reached out to to the lady and um, she messaged me back a a couple days later and I went and met her. And uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we agreed on a percentage and we were locked in, ready to go. And then Josh met me out there the, what was that on Thursday, maybe of last week. Yeah. Right. Thursday of last week. So tell me what you think of your first impressions were before I get into the, how much stuff I loved. <laughs> so I like, first off, like uh, George always gets like way more excited about, things than I do like I, I, 
for me, I look at, I look at it like from a, like a business standpoint. So I'm like looking at instantly just going to like, okay, like how can we like set things up? And uh, I think like you like stop and like, you're like, Oh, look at this. Like, Oh, look at this. Like, this is so cool. And like, you start to like, you look up the history and stuff for me, Absolutely. it's just more so like, where, did, like, where does this look best at? Um, but I think for me, the coolest thing was definitely the vibe. It, it like, especially the basement, it literally looked like we were walking onto a set of like that 70s show. Right. Or like, you know, one of those older shows where you know, they had the big Zenith like uh, TV with like the very retro like pedestal, uh, the furniture, the ceiling tiles were very like seventies colors. Um, I wish like, well, like do we do we have like the ability to like bring up images of the sale? Oh, uh, there probably is the ability, but <laughs> we're not doing that. <laughs> okay. Okay. That would that would be something that I'd have to figure out how to do later. Um, but I mean that's that's why you check out our Facebook page and things like that, you know, because we've got everything on there. But yeah, sorry, Josh. No, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, that that vibe thing that Josh is talking about. We we advertise. We we talked about how we advertise, but we we promote it and stuff like that on Facebook and and other all other places, which we'll get to in a second. But that created this this sale created more attention than any sale we've ever had. I mean, people were excited about it, just like like I was. Walking down, the there was a checkerboard, speckled tiles on the on the bottom, um, like pink and green and stuff like that. I don't like all kinds of different colors, and and the checkerboard drop ceiling, drop tile ceiling, um, all squares, and they were they were also pink and I think maybe purple and green. I don't know. I don't remember, but um, they had a big bar down there. You could tell that they that they had some 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 parties down there. They had all kinds of like rugs and and mid-century modern tables. They had the 70s style bench. You know, uh, it was cool. It was very cool. And I definitely was excited about it. Um, and then we we um we found some other cool things like up in the attic, uh, there was two storage containers full of 60s um papers or magazines, I should say, like a whole bunch of life magazines, a whole bunch of look magazines. Um Ladies Home Journal. Uh, there you go. You're pulling up pictures now. Cool. Yeah, Ladies Home Journal. We yeah. got um, Teen Magazine. Like there is a whole bunch of really cool ones. So um, that's cool that you can do that. I didn't. I don't know yeah. how to do that. I'm not smart enough. But are you sharing your screen? Is that what you're doing? Yeah. You okay. can just see like the aesthetics. We're that, very like that. Sold like really this. well. This isn't even. This is the stuff that's upstairs. Right and this is cool stuff. But the stuff that's oh, we downstairs. Magazines in the uh, in the attic. Yeah. So we, we went through and we found all the good stuff. And like Josh said, like we, we set them up and organized them, you know, um, all that good stuff. And, and that thing right there, that's, that is called an optagon or an optagon, O-P-T-I-G-A-N. And that is, that is an organ that is unlike any other organ you need. It's essentially like a record, but it's kind of clear like that last picture showed. And I'm sorry for the podcast listeners, but uh, it, Josh is, is showing pictures of the estate sale. Yeah. And you can always check us out on YouTube if you just listen to us. But um, if not, like you can subscribe. check us out on our Facebook page and stuff. Yeah, like and subscribe. Um, <laughs> so that one even had the receipt, like Josh showed. I think it was 1973. Uh, Mid-century modern bookshelf. There's the floor tile. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it doesn't get cooler than that. You know, if you want a 70s vibe. And it, and you have to There's walk down into it. Yep. And that lamp right is gorgeous. Um, it was. So... So much of it, so much of that stuff sold. 
typically in one of our estate sales, a majority of our stuff that sells is, you know, it's usually the smaller objects, like all the household things, the knickknacks, the clothes, and, you know, and furniture is a little tougher to sell. This time, the furniture was like, right? Like day one, we almost cleaned out the whole downstairs. Yeah. So, um, which is rare for us. Normally, furniture is one of the harder things to move, uh, always because it's just kind of like what people need in that specific area, right? Like, so, um, but this, I mean, people were coming for the aesthetics, right? Like, they were coming because of like the design and the look and the feel, um, which I think really helped us, especially that first day. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. So, so Josh and I get to the get there to set up, and we're there setting up. Uh, we go through. I, I get giddy and excited, like Josh said. But we set up the tables in the garage. We bring all the stuff down from the attic from the garage, um, and then Josh, Josh is kind of like the guy who is who has that vision of kind of where things go and stuff like that. So, when you when you walked into the house, Josh, I know there wasn't a ton of stuff. What what is your what was your impression of like how you thought the sale was going to turn out? Uh I mean I knew it was going to be a small sale. Mm-hmm. Um so like outside of like the very cool like vintage look, the most of the furniture was pretty beat up, right? Like the, they had this really nice green couch uh that we did end up posting on Facebook, but there was a lot of like wear and tear on the couch. Um, like in the master bedroom, like really both bedrooms, like the, the wardrobe wasn't in great condition and the, and, and the, uh, the second bedroom, the furniture that was in the, the gentleman's bedroom that he slept in, uh, was very beat up. There was even like some pieces of furniture up in like the attic. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like the knickknacks, right? Like knickknacks tend to actually sell very well in terms of like getting rid of that stuff. Um, but almost every single one had a chip or it was broken. Right. Yeah, um, which, which people, you know, like at that point, like we, you change it from, you know, selling something, maybe 10, 15, $20 down to a buck, maybe like if you're lucky, right? Like when it's like, there was like these like cool little like witch statues, like it was like clearly like a set, but like three or four of them, like their witch's hat was like broken off, like clean, like broken off. Right. And like, so stuff like that, like really devalues, like what you can really do, uh, like all the glassware, a lot of chipped chipped glassware right like so like when it's a set they they don't want to necessarily buy the other pieces either because it's not it's going to be an odd set or like there's like a matching piece that goes with the witch you know like it's there's no point even buying the good one so like what or or like the only time like that you can really sell that at value is if like i have this set and i'm missing this piece so i'm buying the set to replace that one piece right so i don't care if that plate's chipped i don't care if that glass is chipped but almost like every single set like was was chipped or was like really dirty um so it like kind of like makes it sometimes hard to push that type of stuff um uh when i was like moving stuff around right like i had to wash my hands a couple times cuz like the pots and pans were like really Sticky. dirty yeah. like had like a greasy foam on them um so i knew like day one like okay like this isn't going to be one of our biggest sales um but we still have the ability to make some money for our client uh which is always like the number one factor right if if we're not going to make you know a ton of money like then maybe at least we can get rid of some of the stuff so they don't have to spend a ton of money getting rid of it after the sale and i feel like we definitely failed there um and that's just because of the condition of, of the items um but well, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that we failed because 
like really the number one thing that they that they wanted was to be able to like clean out the house right so getting rid of the furniture that we got rid of was was actually probably the more challenging thing um and we even sold that that um the brown bedroom furniture the thomasville stuff um so we sold like the whole big big dresser big um armoire we sold the, the side tables like we sold heavy big pieces which is remove some of the burden from them and um I'll get to it at the end, but I, I met them today and talked about the sale, and I, and I don't think that they're disappointed. So Okay, that's um, good to know. Yeah. So that, been, yeah, fail, I mean, fail probably wasn't like you know, the best. Kind of thing, so. Fail probably wasn't the right word to use, but um, generally in a sale, it's the opposite for us, where a lot of the knickknacks go, the glassware goes, and it really what's left behind after the sale is the big bulky furniture. And we definitely sold, nat- like naturally sold, more furniture pieces uh than any other sale that we've had mm-hmm, for sure and then the uh we we struggled selling the the normal stuff that we struggle selling like the the older furniture that's not trendy you know what i mean like so like there's a couple of couches downstairs where they're they're just beat up in older couches and they, they didn't they weren't like uh you know, they weren't, they weren't any kind of like trendy. They didn't fit a vibe. They weren't, they weren't anything. Like one was a big old heavy sleeper sofa. Yeah. Nobody so wants that stuff. with it's that, good. with those type of items, you have to get the person that's going to come in and be like, see like the vision of what that's going to look like when they, when they redo it, right? when they repolster yeah. it, uh, when they refinish it. Right. And it's hard to capture those customers in a three day sale. Yep. Right. Like, um, our customer base isn't big enough that we have specialized people in that just yet. Like we, we have like certain people who like, will reach out to us. Like if, like if you're selling guns or knives, like hit me up for the sale, right. Or like if, if we're selling these certain collectibles, like, you know, they, like they want to know, right. Like, but like, we've haven't really interacted with too many clients yet who like go out and look for beat up furniture to like redo or refinish or reupholster. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's always, uh, can tend to be a challenge. Yeah. So we go through the house, we get it all out. Um, takes a couple days to get it, you know, where, where we want it, that kind of thing. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I must've set up the living room, what, like four or five different times, like different ways till I got it to like how I, like, I felt comfortable, you know, cause we want, we want, we want flow, you know, we, we want there to be kind of like some kind of strategy, not, not just, Hey, it fits here. You know, we want to make it yeah. presentable, look nice and, and have people kind of like, as, as they walk through it, have it make sense a little bit, you know, so we get that all accomplished and then we have to go to pricing, right? So in pricing, um, the 70 stuff wasn't too difficult to price, you know, like that stuff's out there on Facebook and eBay and things like that. But uh, the condition of the stuff wasn't all in great condition, you know, so that bench for it, for example, that bench was, I marked it at a hundred dollars. It had cuts in it, stains in it all over. They were going to have to reupholster the whole thing. You know, they were going to, like, I know whoever was going to do it was going to reupholster it. And it's, it's not an easy job, you know. So $100 I thought was a fair price. And, again, you're moving a big piece out of the house for the client. And I probably underpriced it because I can tell you that sold. A bunch of the tables downstairs sold. Artwork sold. All that stuff sold day one, and not a single person asked for a lower price. Not a single person, you know. so. I think we did a good job of pricing to get it to move. 
but I think I think even I I think I need to work on confidently pricing, you know, items that have higher value, confidently pricing them at a higher price. And, and you know, and, and maybe letting people walk day one, you know, um yeah. to get the to get the most of it. You know, I think, yeah. yeah, I mean, like someone might have paid 200 for that. Band. I mean, like, and like, well, that, and like, that's the thing, right? Like, so like, you never know, right? So when, when you do that, right, you risk not selling anything day one, only a few things day two, and then you lose money out on the back end by yeah. having the deals on the back end. Because at that point, like on day three, you're trying to get rid of stuff. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's sometimes it's hard because it also depends on market trends, right? Like if that, right, mm -hmm. like right now, like we don't know if in the market, 70 style furniture is hit and selling right like you just sometimes you just don't well, know according to facebook it's hip and selling <laughs> so but a lot of it a lot of it is selling i mean it, right now that is mid-century modern 70s that's all that's big right now you know so i mean i i was excited one like like you said like i just love that style and, and i and i was excited but i was excited because i knew that we had furniture that was going to sell um but I think we did price the TV correctly because that took a day and a half to sell at that price, you know, and, and they didn't ask for a different price. They bought it at that price. But, you know, it did take a couple of days or a day and a half, I said, um, to actually sell. So that was good. And then um, I don't know. There there were some other things that I struggled with pricing. I wasn't sure. You know, I have the, the, the end tables. There are the two side tables that are like the triple decker, like little uh, mid-century modern tables. and uh, I might've had them a little too high just based off of the fact that there's a lot of them out there in the blonde color. I probably could have marked them down a little bit. Um, last day of the sale, we did everything, you know, 50% off or, or whatever, even more. And we still didn't get them sold. So I probably could have done yeah. a better job with that pricing. I think, uh, I mean, like we're still like, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like we're still newer at this. Like you're the one who has primarily done pricing. I've been able to help out at a couple of sales with pricing, like, you know, um, it's generally you and that that's because of your reseller background. But I mean, as time goes on, like that's something that we'll get better at, I think for our sales. Yeah. I, I mean, think having this more one... things priced will definitely help. And I think as we grow more confident, like we're still kind of in that, like, like you said it a couple of times, like we're trying to grow the business. We're trying to build clientele. We're trying to build a reputation. Right. So like we might take, like we might not, of priced that bench at 300 bucks right um knowing that it would sell regardless of the condition because like we're still trying to we're in that like ground phase like trying to build up yeah and, and like i said the the in speaking with the client one of the biggest goals was to get the stuff out of the house you know she wasn't even sure that she was going to use an estate sale they were talking about potentially just just getting everything and throwing it all away, you know? So yeah. like we, we made them money, you know, and things moved. Um, so ultimately I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm not too upset over the pricing, but I know that there, there is value out there. I just have to find, I have to find the, the right way to not be the, the estate sale company that way overprices things. We need to price things to sell. Right. And, and there are other estate sale companies that price high and then don't get their things sold. You know, so I, I want to get the stuff gone, you know, um, so it, but again, like, it's just, it's just as time goes on, we know what sells, what doesn't sell, what, you know, that kind of thing. So we'll, we'll get there. 
and then you can uh, you can address the next one because you're way better at this than I am. So at, at the sales going on, we've got it all priced now, right? Day one, we got it in there. We didn't have too much of this, like I said, in on day one. But what do you do, Josh, when someone comes up and says, "Would you take blah blah blah"? How do you how do you negotiate with the customer? Um. So day one, I'm generally I, like me personally, I'm a, I'm a little bit more strict, right? Especially if it's marked. Um, I'll, I'll try to get as close to that mark price as possible. So say we have an item marked at 10 and they come in, they offer me two. They're like, no, like, you know, like lowest I'll go is eight. Right. Like, um, come day two, day three, um, my leniency is definitely, it's there. I'm more lenient on prices, especially if it's an item that nobody's asked. Right. So like, um, and every sale is different. I'm like this sale, like nobody asked me about the plants. Right. There was a lot of like fake plants at the site. And then this one couple towards the end came and they wanted to buy all the plants and they, they offered us a super low ball and, you know, we gave it to them. Um, but not a single person walked out with plants other than them. Right. And we're talking like last hour of the sale, they were there. Um, so it really depends on the item, what we have it priced at, where it's located, if it's part of a set, right? Like there's things that I, I try to take into like, like I try to consider, uh, but day one, I generally try to stick to the prices that you have set. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, I'm more of a pushover. You know, I, I mean, I, I legitimately want to get things moving. I, I tell people no sometimes. It's not like I'm not like, you know, but there's some times where, where I just know that like, like Josh said, there's not a lot of people who, who have interest in the thing that they're, that they're offering, even though I know the value is more, you know, get it gone is my mentality. I don't, I don't want something that I could have sold for $60 if the right customer comes in, but not sell it for 20 because the only customer came in, you know? So then we have no money and the thing's still here instead of some money and the thing gone, Yeah, you know? So it's it, like everything else. It's, it's a balancing act. All right. Yeah. Like, so for example, um, some kids came in and they wanted to buy a painting that we had listed for $30, right? They offered me five for it. And it was a painting that nobody's asked about. Nobody's even like picked it up and looked at it. You know what I mean? Like, and what this was like, I think at like 1130, they were there. We closed at one on Saturday. And it was, a, it was like, just like one of those things was like, okay, like we'll do five just because nobody had asked about it. Right. So like, if we don't sell it, then the customer gets no money because the customer is not going to take the time to, to go online and try to find the value. And so they're, they're looking to get rid of the stuff. Right. So it's very hard. It, it can be very hard, though, to balance that. We're not just giving stuff away versus like trying to make as much money as possible for for the client and obviously for our business. Yeah. And, and just so that you guys, I don't know if you remember or what, but Saturdays for us is our last day. So being there, you know, after 11 o'clock on the last day when we close at one, you know, and uh, we have found that that one is the sweet spot. Three o'clock is probably just a little too late. No one's, no one's in there. Uh, it's just a waste of time. We're not, we don't have any traffic really from one to three and no one's complained to us yet about closing at one. So, and then. And it frees, um, up, it frees up our day. Like, especially like when you get down at three o'clock and then you have to go through and you have to clean up. Right. Like then you're not getting done until four or five o'clock. At least we get done at one. Generally, 
what for what we have found between one and three, we'll get maybe two customers and then maybe some traffic at the very, very, very end, which when we close at one, we still get the same track. Like we get that same traffic because people are coming because it's the end of the sale. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we, um, we had maybe you left and then two more customers came like okay. at the very, very end. And then, uh, I mean, you left, what, like five minutes before one, something like that. So two more customers came in. Um, One of them bought candles for five bucks, the candles that we had. I mean, really all the candles that were in on the the one room, but um, all loose candles for the audience because they don't don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, all loose candles and uh, for five bucks. So I'm like, okay, five bucks, you know. Uh, And then I think... um, I don't think the last person bought anything, you know, so, but, uh, during the, during the time of the sale. So we're, so we, we, we set it up, we got the customers in, we talked about, you know, we set up the price and we talked about negotiating stuff like that. Now we got to talk about the customer experience, right? So remember our client is the person who, who asked us to do the job. The customer is the person that comes in and makes all the different purchases, right? They're our customers. So we care very much about the customer experience. So we ask basically every customer to come in that comes in to, if they want to be part of our email list. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Not a lot of people love emails, you know, but the people who don't want to be on it, but still want to know about us, they take our card, you know, and, and it's got like QR codes on there for our, our Facebook page and things like that. So we deliver this experience with our, with our customers and we build new customers every single time. This sale was in an area of Pennsylvania that we haven't done yet, and it's actually right near me. But we we probably from this sale, we probably got another fifteen to twenty customers, wouldn't you say? Like that yeah. are added to our list, maybe even more. I don't have the paper with me, but maybe even more. So plus all the customers that we had that came in, and again, most of our customers we've gotten from like York and higher. So we're not they're not all going to come down, you know, by by where we were. But uh, we had a few we had a few customers come in. It was really cool to see them. You know that we've that we've met at every single you know state sale that we've had. You know, yeah. I, I, I mean, like, I like building relationships. Customers also reach out to us via, via email before the sale, and like to thank us for sending them like about the update. And sometimes they'll let us know, like you know, I don't see anything there that's for me, but you know, like please keep sending me like listings. Yeah. Yep. So um, happy about that. We got some new ones. We did sell uh, a whole entire dresser setup that I talked about. The that customer um, bought it that day, but asked if they can come back and pick it up. And they and I had to meet them there actually this morning, Sunday. I met them there and you know helped them load it up on the truck. Really, they did most of the work, but I helped them load it up on the truck. But uh, the really cool thing is. Uh, she came back in the house and walked around one more time to see if there's anything else, you know, um, people like to do that. It's kind of like their own private tour at that point when no one's at the house, um, didn't really see anything that they liked, but it's okay. Uh, but the cool thing about it is Josh, and I didn't even tell you yet is that she paid us pretty much the ultimate compliment. And she said that she goes to estate sales all the time. And she had to tell me that we are the nicest, kindest estate sale company that she's ever been in, uh, which I think is awesome. You know, so you know, we, we're just authentic. We're just nice. You know, we don't oversell people. We don't get in their faces, but we have conversations, you know, we talk to them. And, uh, and to me that that's a huge win, 
you know, to have have somebody have a customer tell us that, you know, um, hopefully she puts it on Google, you know, but it's okay if she doesn't because I still feel good about it, you know. We've gotten uh, some weird comments at other sales though as well. Like, so it's always it's good that it's like consistently said to, to us about how impressed they are with like the setup and like like we've talked about it on the podcast before. Like some of the estate sales that we've been to, and I th- I think it'd be kind of cool for like one of our episodes if like we go out and we like explore estate sales. And like that be like the episode of the podcast, um, where like they 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 show up to the estate sale, everything's all over the place, but you can't really walk through. Like there's no organization, or like the the people running the estate sale aren't very friendly, or they're very strict, or they have really high prices, and and they don't they don't really find that issue those type of issues with our sales. Like we try to be fair, we we never get offended at an offer, right? Like we laugh it off if it's like really low. You know, like we don't like make them try to, we try not to make them feel self-conscious, right? Like, cause they're human and, you know, we're also human. So like, it's, it's always cool from sale to sale when we get those type of comments. Yeah. I mean, obviously we're going to run into our share of customers that are just angry people by nature, you know, but I would say all in all, I mean, we didn't have any of those in this, this last sale. We had, we had great customers the entire time. I think, you know, even some that we banter back and forth, you know, um, even tease a little bit, they, they kind of give us, you know, a little bit, we give them a little bit. Uh, but you know, I think we have a good time. I think they have a good time and it's a, it's a cool experience that I think we provide, you know, and it's just us being us. It's not like, it's not like we talked about one day, Hey, this is how we have to act when we have, you know, customers in the building. We just, you know, we just are who we are, you know, we're pretty professional, but like you, you kind of read the room, you know, you know, after a conversation, how to talk to people and, and who can talk to people this way or that way. And, you know, you, you treat them all like individuals and, and I think they value it. All right. So there's one little thing in here, Josh, that you, you sent when, Josh sent the list of things to talk about today and, and we just decided to basically incorporate them into the experience of the estate sale. You put this, the, one of the things is the psychology of, of collecting. And that's kind of where almost addressing what you said in the very beginning, that's where my head goes, you know? So like when I see it, like there's things that I'm like, like those life magazines, you know, I was so impressed with them and I know that there's someone out there who is going to love them. Right. So getting into that mentality. And when, when you talk to somebody, you know, like if you show them the, the magazines and they don't have a, like, they don't have like a, like a reaction of like, Oh, that's cool. And they're just kind of like, Oh, neat. You know, then, you know, like they're, that's not their thing. But when someone like, when you see like that spark, then you kind of jump on that. And like, you talk about like how, you know, nobody has this anymore. You talk about the history before the histories, which I was talking about because, there's so much stuff in those magazines that we saw that were like right before the thing that everybody knows about. Uh, I'll give you just a one, for instance, one of the life magazines had uh, Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris on it. And they were talking about the odds of them breaking the home run derby inside. And I read the article because I was that intrigued by it. You know, even though I was setting up the estate sale, I read the article and it, it talked about, you know, most likely no one was going to break Babe Ruth's record in that, in that season. But the person who had the highest odds was Mickey Mantle. And whether you're a baseball player or not, it doesn't matter or baseball fan or not. He was wrong on both accounts. The record did get broken and, and Roger Maris broke it. So it was really cool to see that 
you know, and be like, this guy, this was, this is what they were doing. It's like, it's like sports talk radio now when they talk all this trash about other things and, and predict what's going to happen, not going to happen. And then the other thing happens and I love it. Mm -hmm. And this is preserved in time forever. You know, it's going to be that way. And look like Josh has on the cover. I mean, on the, on the screen right now, that life magazine that I was talking about. And then there's the look magazine that has Yoko Ono and John Lennon on the cover. And it basically is talking about like them as a power couple, you know? So that kind of thing, we know what happens after, right? We know, we know that John Lennon gets assassinated, right? And we, it's, there was another one that had uh, Jackie, Jackie Kennedy, when she was Jackie Kennedy on there. And it was talking about her plans as first lady, you know, what, what she's going to do as, as first lady, you know, yeah. and I don't know what you're doing, but you're like freaking me out right now. Why are you <laughs> I'm, trying to say if, like that? I'm trying to say if we had any pictures of the, uh, of those magazines. It must have been on the bottom. I don't know, but yeah. It, Facebook doesn't let me go to like a specific picture after like starting at the beginning. I got you. I got you. Okay. Well, There's Josh is giving you like the uh, projector screen of pictures right now. <laughs> this uh, this is a mug that like you were very interested in, and I'm surprised that we did not sell it. So this I'm is a surprised. a local high school. Do you want to talk about this mug real quick? Yeah. So first of all, it's it's the community that we're in and the there's a kind of a, a bigger thing about it. So, and I'm not going to get like political or anything like that, but this is where the, the Susquehannock warriors is the name of the high school. Right. So, I mean, is, is the school Susquehannock warriors, they have a native American logo head as a logo and it got voted down. Like they, 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 or they took it down. I don't know the, the history, but it doesn't matter. They changed the logo. And the, the new logo is cool. So whether you like the old or not, doesn't matter. The new one's a W. It still has the arrow going through it. And it, it looks really cool. It, it's it's already on the gym floor. It's really great. This year, um, there was a, a group of, of individuals running on the school board who were – their basic platform was to change the logo back. And they won, and they're changing the logo back. And – it's just cool to see like this is like the history of the cup and, and the town is very vocal about it. So they love anything, anything with the logo on it, you know? So I thought for sure that would sell. We just didn't get the, we just didn't get the person in the, in the, the building. Cause that definitely would have sold. Yeah. I, I thought that was a very interesting story when, when George first told me about that. Yeah. All of our team magazines sold like day one. Yep, every one of them. Yep. That that didn't sell. That set is a great set of uh, China, but it didn't sell. China's yeah. a weird one for us. I mean, I think at like very difficult. It, it's very difficult to push, and almost every single set we've had something was like it's almost never perfect, right? Like it's like, and three days sometimes it's just it's just not enough time to sell a set like that because you have to yeah. find the right buyer. That had 66 pieces. It's Imperial China. Um, it's, be I mean, beautiful. There was 67 pieces. One of them was a chipped bowl. So I set mm -hmm. that bowl aside. I saw. And was advertising that all by itself, you know, at, for like a buck. And then I had that that set. Um, undervalued, by the way. Um, and still not even, not even a question about it. So. Yeah. 
I mean, like in China sets, where especially for like like my generation, right? Like I have the China set that like I have two China sets, like one that my parents gave and then one that my wife Marissa her parents gave, and we almost never use them. I think mm -hmm. I can like maybe twice in the entire time that we've had them have we actually pulled them out and used them, and it's not because they're not appreciated. We have them displayed in a nice China cabinet, but it's just kind of like it's just not something that is just done anymore. Uh, yeah. Which is it's a, it's a shame because there's some really beautiful China sets out there. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. The tagline: Penn State glasses also, because everybody loves Penn State. Not now. day one though. I was surprised that they did not. I'm surprised that those were not one of the first things to go. Yeah, but the, almost that whole table stayed. So right now, Josh, for the for the podcast listeners, the pictures that Josh has on the screen, it's it's a it's a card table basically. And it has a whole bunch of drinking glasses on there, and uh, there's a bunch of Penn State glasses, but a whole bunch of other stuff like Army, Navy, other other colleges, um, some margarita glasses, just a bunch of different things. And uh, I mean, they didn't sell like at all. And I mean, that generally a buck glass, piece, they didn't sell. yeah, generally glassware with designs on them. Like they, the one estate sale we had in uh, York, where it was all Disney glassware, like all that sold. Right, like generally Penn State's like Penn State, anything Penn State in our area goes quick. Yep. Right. It's just a very popular school in Pennsylvania. I mean, and nationally, obviously, like people outside of Pennsylvania like Penn State. And generally, like whenever we have anything Penn State, it sells day one uh, within the first few hours because it just sells so well, up, up, especially up in central Pennsylvania. Yep. So you might, we might get to that. Uh, There it is. Okay, let's we see. We did. We did sell that record player. We did the sell the box you're talking about. Yeah, we sold the Magnavox. Yep. yep, that was so. We had a Magnavox record player. We actually, we actually had that thing. Had a lot of attention the first two days, but didn't sell it, and we sold it halfway through the second day um, for a cheap price. Like a cheap. I price. guess this the record didn't spin, so there was there was an issue with it, but we ended up selling it for twenty five bucks. So, but again, it's a big piece that they don't have to worry about. Yeah, we were able to sell this light, very pretty light. Yeah, it's actually a white light, but in the dark with it lit up, it looks red. It's weird. It's it was that house had poor lighting. It was not great. Yeah. So, anyway, we we go through the sale. We we finished it out. Um, the plan was to meet a customer there today, being Sunday. Um, did that. I met the the clients there afterwards, after the customers left, and we walked through the house. Uh, they were definitely happy about, you know, the stuff that was gone. They uh, they're pretty much they they're pretty much done with it. They don't, you know, they don't want us to do too much anymore after that. So um, I did leave our tables in the garage so that the stuff is elevated since they're not. They're not selling the house just yet. So to get things, you know, moved and stuff like that and thrown away or whatever they're going to do with them, um, then like I'm going to come back later and get the tables, you know, so that I don't leave a giant mess on their floor, you know. Um, but I, I talked about that with them to see what they what they preferred. You know, they they walked through the house. They were very thankful. By the way, another thing that we always do is make sure that if we find anything that is a personal belonging, anything that mm -hmm. is photographs or, or any even information like medical cards and anything medicine 
you know, we always make sure we, we take that and put it aside because they're just overlooked. You know, our clients are doing so much when it comes to this stuff. They're trying to get things out, trying to get their, you know, for the, in this case, it was the, the father trying to get him moved out, trying to get him settled in, in his assisted living situation. And like, they're going to miss things. It's just, that's just what happens. So as we're going through and setting up, we find things and then we will put them aside in a safe place where it's not a shoppable area and give them to, you know, to the client after. So they were very happy about that. Josh found a pair of glasses underneath a stand and uh, they looked in the box and they were like, oh my God, like we were looking everywhere for these. Thank you so much. They were so happy that the glasses were there. Um, so just, just those little things are kind of things that like, you know, the client appreciates. Um, yeah. So I think, I think we did a good job with it. Um, you know, they're, they're not coming away. They're not rich because of it, but we are not rich because of it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, I think ultimately we helped the client out who, by the way, I don't think I mentioned that in this podcast, they had another estate sale agent already lined up. They oh, were wow. ready to go, and he had heart issues and had surgery and couldn't do the, the estate sale. So I I felt like they really needed help. They were running out of time, and it was worth it for us to do it, one, to help them out, and two, to build a customer base in this area that we don't necessarily have yet. So um, I think ultimately it's free advertising you know, for the stuff that we did, and I think that will help us in the long term, besides the small amount of money that we made, you know, this is. Yeah. I mean, and I, it's like, so for us, like we're like said it a couple of times, like we're still trying to build a brand. So like, well, we're still taking sales that we know we're not going to make a ton of profit on. Right. But like our goal is like, we're building customer reviews. We're building client reviews. Um, we're building a brand for ourselves. Right. Um, and that money is reinvested into our business to push our business forward. Right. The goal is obviously to get premium sales. Right. Because um, that's where the money is going to be made in the state sale company. Right. Like not every sale is going to be a ten, twenty thousand dollar sale, um, which is like the goal for, for, that I think we set for ourselves. Um, but that's OK. It's OK. Right. OK. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm fine with it. I mean, like, seriously, I think I my biggest thing is is the relationships like if yeah. we if we build good relationships and people value what we bring to the table it it carries over you know yeah, and every um, single sale we've had we've walked away with new new customers that come to the next sale because mm -hmm. of the experience they had at the previous sale right and like we that's, had a customer come on this weekend who's literally been to every single one of our sales so talking about ed mm -hmm. shout out to ed if you're watching Ed probably doesn't even know we're doing this, but <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, I like great that. He's a, he's a great, great customer. Always ask how we're doing. And then um, after this, after the sale, we finished it, um, and we went right up to another client's house to meet with them about the potential sale. That's the one that we're going to be doing in uh, in June. We'll talk about that another time, but. The uh, just just um, the reason why I'm mentioning it now is because we talk about like what people say about us and the, and the feedback that they get about us. 
they looked us up on Google. They searched the state sale company. We were the first one to come up. We don't have, we don't pay anybody for SEO or anything else like that. And then uh, they said that they looked at our reviews and we're, we're very highly rated, you know, so we've got, I think we're a 4.9 right now because of that first one that gave us a four star and said all great things about us. I'm not bitter, but, <laughs> but uh, right after we left them, she, the, the woman texted me and said, we're going with you guys. You know, they, they loved us just meeting us and they didn't want to go through anybody. They didn't want to talk about it with anybody else. They were just ready to go, you know? So um, I think that's our, that's our biggest strength. And we're going to keep going with that. All right. I think people are really attracted to like our dynamic. Um, that's always like when George and I work together now for almost a decade, it feels like. I think I met you like right when I was starting like my career at Best Buy when we started working together, maybe like closer to eight years. Um, but people have always found us, you know, like amusing and like com like being comfortable around us and like wanting to like see what like we can do. And I think uh, when when George, you know, when I started this company, like that was one of the things that I was most excited was just to work with my friend again. And I've enjoyed every minute of it. I mean, it's it's definitely harder at times, especially when there's no sales going on or, you know, like when my work schedule interferes with helping out with the sales. Um, but the goal is to eventually, this is our full-time job. It's a full-time gig, make a, make a real career out of it. And every sale, like George teaches me something new about the industry. Like just, and it's, it's not like, it doesn't always, it's not always major. Right. But like, like he gave me history lessons on Pyrex. Right, the brand pirates. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then like he so he tells me this story. So like I guess Pyrex, the original Pyrex, it was all capital letter letters, right? And then they sold the company, but still had the copyright to the logo. So now the new Pyrex is all it's capital P, then everything else is lowercase, right? So that but it's cheaper materials, cheaper it's not made as well. Like George tells me this whole story about it, right? Then during the sale a reselling customer tells me the same story. <laughs> I, I didn't I, even like, know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's like, Oh yeah, I can tell like, this is like, this is the Pyrex, right. Cause like the logo. And then like someone else asked that customer, like what he meant. And he kind of like told like the same, the same story, like just in a, in a, <laughs> in a, a briefer context, but like I'm learning stuff at every sale. Um, George has an eye because he had, he did reselling for a few years that I don't have. Um, I'm still waiting to like walk into a sale where like it's my thing, right? Like Star Wars or like comics or something. Like it's gonna happen one day where, <laughs> where I'll be like, that's worth money. I can tell you why, right? But like generally anything sports, uh, George is on. He knows the value there. But um, it's 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 always fun. Um, I mean, that's a lie. It's not, it's not fun when you're sitting at a site for two hours with no customers, <laughs> of um, but it's still fun to be there with my best friend. Oh, when did he show up? Well, Tristan was there the whole time. What are you talking about? Uh, anyway. Yeah. You're all right too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I mean, I, I know the next sales is, is a little further out, uh, but I'm, I'm really excited about it. Uh, I already started doing some like research into like some of the stamp collections that he has and the coin collections. Uh, well, we will definitely have a sale before that. Um, I am speaking with um, our next client 
tomorrow or Tuesday. I'm not sure yet. And uh, we're going to have that. We'll have those dates ironed out. But that looks like that's going to be the second full weekend of March. Okay. We're not counting the first weekend because February 1st is is a Thursday. March 1st. No. I mean, February 29th is a Thursday. So that's that doesn't count as the first weekend for me. So not this weekend, but next weekend? No, you're not paying attention to what I'm saying. I'll pull up the calendar here, folks. The 14th, 15th, and 16th of March. Mm. So they're not ready to have it before that. So I'll go sometime to set up some more advertising and marketing. Yep. I mean, I wouldn't mind having one in between there, but that's where we're at right now. So we're starting to get the the ball rolling. People are starting to ask about us, you know, and word of mouth is probably our biggest, you know. Yeah, we've had a few customers where we got from word of mouth and which is kind of crazy since we're still such a newer company. Yep. The uh, We talked about the importance of networking and stuff like that a little bit with Delinda. And the funny thing is, Delinda being our last guest, if you haven't checked out the last podcast, check it out because it was awesome. But she's like, actually yeah. the one who who brought us the client who I'm who I'm speaking to next. So that's pretty cool. All right, I've got no more on my list, sir. We've wrapped up the wholesale. I think it was a success. Got anything else to add? I don't. All right, take us home. Well, once again, uh, like and subscribe wherever you're watching us, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Pandora. Did we get that fixed yet? No? Nope. We're just going to work on that. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, and then we'll see you guys next week. All right. Peace out. Cub Scout.